Hello and welcome to episode five of the Rock and Road podcast, Cars, Motorcycles and Music, with me, Leona Graham. On this episode, I'm going to tell you about my fourth car, a Ford Escort Mark IV. I've got a review of a Honda Fireblade and I've got a very special guest, the one and only Badly Drawn Boy. You'll know him for some of his big songs, Something to Talk About and Silent Sigh. And he's going to be here talking about new music and cars. Plus, I'll tell you about a classic album I think you should listen to. But first, before the bike review, I asked you in a Twitter poll recently at Rock and Road Pod, what do you think happened to my fourth car? Now, a quick reminder, the Ford Escort Mark II, car number one, I crashed. The Austin Allegro didn't put any oil in it, blew up the engine. Vauxhall Chevette Saloon, well, that was okay. But what happened to the fourth car, the Ford Escort Mark IV? 17% of you said I kept it in mint condition. 20% said there was a slight incident. 7% said other. And you gave some examples. Ricky said I drove it into a swimming pool, Keith Moon style. Uh, Marty said, was it taken away by space aliens? No. And Spud, did you crush it with the body of an ex-colleague in the boot? No, not that either, but thank you, Spud. Uh, 57% of you said, I totaled it. How dare you? How very dare you? Okay, I totaled it. You were right. So let me just briefly tell you what happened to this car. It was a white Ford Escort Mark IV. Absolutely gorgeous black interior as well. So nice inside. It really felt like an upgrade from my more basic cars I'd had up until that point. I was in my third year at uni when this car came to its sad demise. I did, in fact, write it off. It's coming down a country lane late at night. I clipped a curb on quite a sharp corner. It spun 180 degrees and the car ended up facing the other way round on the grass verge. It's totally off the road. It was like some kind of stylish parking move from the Dukes of Hazard or something. Uh, there was a telegraph pole there, typical, which I smashed into in the front of the car. Now, I was fine. Once again, it was an empty road. There was nobody about and no one was hurt. But the car, yes, total write-off this time. You can see a picture of me at the car scrapyard when I went to go and get my bits out of the car a few weeks later. Have a look at that now on Rock and Road Pod on Instagram. So that was the end of that. Coming up next week, the Astra years. <laughs> Meanwhile, on this podcast, you can hear more about people's first cars. We will hear about badly drawn boys' first car and why Hammerite paint came into matters. Now, though, it is time for the vehicle review. I'm here with Gary from Dobles, which is a Honda, Honda what? Honda franchise. We're, we're the biggest Honda franchise in the UK for motorcycles. And this is your own personal bike that you're lending me today? This is. This is my CBR 900RR3, which is more commonly known as the 954, to those in the know. It's the last of the Fireblades designed by Tad Albaba, who was the guy who did the original, the, the first one in 1992. Because there's a new one just come out, hasn't there? 2020 version. There is. The, the 2020 has just come out it's a super bike it really is it's doing really well in racing it's won a world endurance championship this year it's come second in british super stocks a third in british Superbikes, and yeah it's it's really taking the world by storm as a production bike it's it's a really good piece of kit it's a game changer but this would give me an idea of a fire blade though won't it even though this is an older model yeah this is an older model um this had the best power to weight ratio of any fire blade up until the 2020 version so yes it will give you a really good impression of a, a proper sports bike okay so just looking at it it's a gorgeous blue color can you tell me anything about the exterior um, it's a full-on sports bike. I mean, it's it's a fully fared motorcycle. Um, it's got low clip-on handlebars, a high seat. It's only got one seat. 
<laughs> there is an option for two, but I've taken it off because I never take anybody on the back. Do you have a different bike for that then? I, I've got a few bikes, yeah. How many bikes have you got? Uh, currently seven, I think, at the moment. What? Well, you get hooked into this. <laughs> Can you tell me what other bikes they are? Uh, I've got a couple of CB1300s. One is a naked one, one is a fared one, used for different things. Um, my naked one used to be my commuter, but I don't use it so much anymore. I really ought to get rid of it. I've got a track bike, um, I've got an off-road bike, and my other half's got two cruisers. <laughs> wow, that is some collection. I wonder if I'll end up like that. Most motorcyclists do. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get on the bike now. Feels very low compared to mine, and I'm leaning right down, <laughs> literally at right angles. Okay, so I am on the bike and Gary's going to give me a quick refresher because I haven't used a manual for ages. So you remember gear levers on the left? Yeah, where is it? God, it's right back here. It's much further back, my left foot, yep. Clutch on your left hand all the way in. Yep. When you want to go to gear, just press down with your left foot. Okay, uh, we're in neutral. Let's fire it up. Oh, wow. Bit of a different sound. Very responsive. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I haven't even left yet. I'm still stationary. Okay, so I'm gonna put it to first. Just a tiny bit on the throttle, Gary's telling me. The biting point is there. Yeah, I've got it. So let's wait for the traffic. That's so loud. <laughs> okay, I'm pulling away really slowly. I'm letting the clutch out really slow. I'm a little bit scared. Okay, I'm away. Oh my God, that is so responsive. Oh wow, this is a bit different to what I'm used to. What gear am I in? It doesn't tell me, I've just got to know. I think I'm in second gear. It's probably good for me to use my hearing and the feel of the bike rather than just looking at the dashboard all the time. I'm leaning forward. The pressure on my hands is immense where all of the weight of my upper body is on my wrists. I suppose that's something you get used to. Not only are you leaning on your hands, but they're leaning downwards as well, so it's sort of right on the edges of your hands. Yes! I tell you what, I feel like I'm gripping the road much better. Come part of the road more, perhaps it's the riding position. I think what I'll do is I'll go up to the main road where I can open it up a bit. <laughs> it's actually really good fun. Here's the little bit of open road now. I can go a bit faster on. Here we go. Oh my God, it goes so fast! Cornering is a dream. I just feel like I just glide round without even having to think about it. Again, I'm just so used to an upright bike, motorbike. Just grips the road like nothing I've ever ridden before. I'm gonna do another corner just for the fun of it. It's the position, it's the power, it's the centre of gravity, it's everything. No wonder they use these as racing bikes. I better go back in case Gary's worried. Oh wow, this is amazing. <laughs> it's brilliant! <laughs> so I just got back. Gary, didn't think I was going fast enough? No, I don't think you were using the revs very much. You were only using about a third of what you've got. No way! I couldn't have done any more. Not on a road like Not this. On a road like this, no. no We'd have to go on an open track. Yeah, happy to do that. We'll take you out one day. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Thank you. No problem at all, Leona. 
and in the coming weeks I'll be trying out more motorbikes. But Honda has said about the new Fireblade 2020 version, it's got unprecedented levels of handling and outright performance. It's going to come in two colours, the Grand Prix Red and a matte pearl black. Prices ranging from £20,000 to £23,500. Now it's time for my special guest. Please welcome to the Rock and Road podcast, Badly Drawn Boy, a.k.a. Damon. How are you? Hi, Leona. I'm fine, thanks. You? Yeah, good, thank you. What have you been up to? Got a new album out? Oh, the album came out at the end of May, which was right in the middle of the original lockdown. It was just a, not a gamble as such, but we just thought, I, I just needed to get the record out because it had been a long time coming anyway, and... We just thought people might need new music, so kind of took one for the team and just, it was kind of like falling off the edge of a cliff. I did so many interviews for two, three months up to the album coming out at the end of May and the week it came out, it kind of like, that was it. It was game over because there was no touring, no nothing else to do to promote it. it I, I did some live stream gigs from home because people kept asking me to. I did I did about 15 or 20 of those. I, I wasn't really promoting the album, I was just, I was just kind of chatting and playing songs from my back catalogue. When did you write the album? Well, the album's a document of the last eight or nine years because I, Banana Skin Shoes as a, as a title is a reference to me slipping up in life. I basically, 12 years of my career, eight albums in 12 years and touring the world six times. That took its toll and I, I broke up with the mother of my two older kids. So the years following that, I met Leanne, who's now my wife, uh, gave up the booze five years ago now because uh, that was that was doing me no good so that it's about coming back from all that really the, the album so it, it was kind of written over the last several years I was just trying to tell a story of my personal journey and going through hell and coming back have you got any standout tracks on the album that really uh, you'd like me to tell the podcast listeners that they must listen to? I mean, to- there's a song on the album called Tony Wilson Said, it tributes to Tony, the great man that Tony Wilson was, it, kind of a hero of mine and people from my generation. He kept the Manchester music scene going through the, the 90s and w- when people like myself came through, he was like an unofficial mentor. He was like, I got to know him a little bit, met him several times. I'm proud of that song on the album. I, know, I, lo- I love the title track, Banana Skin Shoes, it's a bit... Well, that a- one's really funky. I mean, what a way to open an album. Yeah, I mean, some people... People say it's not the best opener, it's a bit weird, people won't get it. I've, I've never really played by the rules. It's like trying to compile an album with the single, the, f- the first track and all that. I, I can never really follow those kinds of rules. This album's, it's a document of me. It's a confused album. It's like a greatest hits album in, in that the songs don't belong together. It, there's, there's no flow to it. I, I don't want it to be. It was kind of like, it's 14 songs just to remind people that I'm still here because a lot of people have, have forgotten about me I think not not your core fan base but I think the wider the wider public kind of forgotten I exist so I just wanted to come back with a strong set of songs definitely done that I mean the standout tracks for me are that first one you mentioned Banana Skin Shoes the second track Is It A Dream and I like track 11 Fly On The Wall Fly On The Wall is a bit of a almost a Northern Soul-y type tune. There's a lot of goodness in the, in the album. There's a lot of goodwill to other people to seeing the goodness in, in anything. I've always been about that with my music, but I'm also a confused individual. I, I feel as helpless as a lot of people do. You, you, you want to do you want to do good in the world, but you, you sometimes feel like there isn't the opportunity to do it. And at least with music, I can share something of an idea. Definitely. Finding middle ground is very important right now. Um, just moving on to something completely different now. Um, I would like to ask you, what vehicle do you drive? Well, the last few years I've had a... I knew you were going to ask these questions, so I'm not shocked <laughs> at the change of pace here. I, I drive a, a GTI Golf automatic, which is, I've had about five years now. Nice. What was your first vehicle? Well, I passed my test age of 17 roughly and my 18th birthday my mum my and dad scraped together enough money to buy me my first car which was a Fiat 126 those tiny oh, little oh they were tiny yeah I had one of them I mean I was I was overjoyed with it because it was my first car it had a little starter handle where the gear stick where the, where the handbrake is that 
a starter handle <laughs> that you pulled. You put the key in and pulled the handle. I didn't like the colour of it. It was yellow, like a bright yellow. It was going rusty anyway. It needed a bit of care and attention. So I painted it with Hammerite paint, which was a real mistake. I just I just thought I'll give it a go and painted it. And the first time I put petrol in, the petrol took the paint off. The, <laughs> I, I painted it black, basically, like the Rolling Stones song. That is hilarious. Now, what is your dream vehicle? Because of the environment issues and stuff, I, a friend of mine's got an electric car. I think it's a Tesla. And it's, in essence, those cars are the future. And I've, I've had a go in one of those, and it's amazing. There's hardly anything on the dashboard, just a, a laptop. Just completely computerised. Yeah, it's amazing, and they're pretty fast as well. I mean, you put your foot down, you, you, get, you get thrust back into your seat. Not that you're meant to drive like that, but <laughs> he, he showed me how fast it could go, and it's like, it's ridiculous. So I, I'd, I'd like to get something like that in the in the near future, if if they become more affordable, though. I mean, I, I love my Golf, I have to say. Golfs are just a no-nonsense, get-around car. I, I used to, several years ago, I used to be into bigger cars, like uh, just chunkier four-wheel drives and stuff, but... Again, for the environment and where where I live in Cholton, Manchester, it's kind of tight, pokey roads, and the golf's just the best thing. Automatic as well. I never thought I'd like automatics because I obviously learned to drive as a manual. Yeah, same here. I, I couldn't have anything else now because it's just it's like driving a bumper car. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't go back to a manual now either. Just coming back to music now. What do you like to listen to when driving? Being a musician, you'd think I would like have a music playlist, or I tend to I tend to just listen to the radio. I love listening to the radio. It's one of the times when I'm in my car is when I put the radio on and it might be absolute. Usually is. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolute. 80s, 90s, absolute radio itself. It's mainly radio stuff. Like I'll, I'll flick around and find a song, which is daft really because you've got the technology. I've got, I can hook my phone up by Bluetooth and play whatever I want. It's good whenever I'm giving the kids a lift, especially my son Oscar who's just passed his test. When I give him a lift anywhere, he just gets his phone out, hooks up to Bluetooth, plays me some songs that he wants me to hear. So I love it when that happens and he'll, ju he'll just enlighten me to some bands that uh, I've never heard of and like um, American indie music like I used to love when I was when his age. I'm absolutely delighted though that you still listen to the radio because that is why we're here. So it saves you having to flick through your phone and find something. So that is brilliant. But the same for the younger generation. They don't even bother with the radio. They're straight to their phones, aren't they? Maybe it's because of old habits, but I value I do value the radio because it, it's a service that's there. There's somebody and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you. It, it's just, <laughs> there's something comforting about radio. And, you know, you can flip channels, you find something you like, listen to that for 20 minutes. Listen, or listen to, a, if you if you like a show that you regularly hear, you, you'll put that on every day. There's something, there's just something kind of reassuring, especially in the last several months. The radio's been even more important medium than ever for me. It's like, so especially when I get in the car, because it just kind of... I don't know, it makes me feel stabilised. It makes me it's something that you've always been aware of, it's familiar and it and it's reassuring that people are chatting about the world and it's connective. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for saying that. Uh, okay, so finally, Damon, what is your favourite car out of all the ones you've had? Would it be the golf? I've had so many bad cars. Before I was successful at doing music and I had enough money to buy a decent car, like a lot of people, I, I went through years of clapped out bangers and breaking down a lot having to be rescued uh my dad rescuing me but that i love as much as i love the golf my, my favorite car of all time was the first car i bought with my own money was a, a larder <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not a larder neva cossack jeep in in which is different to a larder so it's like 1994 so i was 24 and it was i'd saved up enough of my wages to buy 
I just got a be in my bonnet. I wanted this car. It's the, if people remember a lot. They, they're not. You don't see them a lot these days. They were pretty rare back then, even. But I managed to find one in Automart or whatever the magazine at the time, and it was just the memories I've got with that car. The, the year nineteen ninety four. It, it was just an amazing car, and it had a brilliant stereo in it, a cassette player. So I, I bought a lot of albums on cassette in those days. They were quite popular. Nineteen ninety four was a year for brilliant albums. Guided by Voices, Ween, uh, Flaming Lips had a great album out that year. There, there was tons of great music in the early 90s, American indie bands that I was into. Um, so I'd just drive around in that car with a great stereo. It, it was some of my favourite ever memories. I know exactly what you mean. I've been, I've been saying this on my other podcast, previous episodes, um, telling stories of my early cars and what I was listening to. And it is, it's all about the memories, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was in my early 20s, like I say, 20, 23, 24. And, you know, life's different when, you, when, you're, when you're that age. And I bought the car with my own money, saved up. It meant a lot that I'd done that. And I, I mean, it was, an, it was a nightmare of a car. I, I had to have it fixed a lot. I had a girlfriend in Sheffield. I used to drive across the Snake Pass uh, from Manchester to Sheffield and in that car picking up my mates going for drives and again just listening to the, that stereo with, with great albums on, on cassette playing playing albums off cassette I mean that just doesn't seem like something that happens these days it doesn't I've kept all my old tapes though well that's good because I mean they are making a comeback my current album's out on cassette it's really it's really nice on cassette oh actually. that's brilliant I'll have to get it well listen thank you so much for being a part of the Rock and Road pod and uh, we can't wait to hear some more music from you. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm currently writing some more songs. Um, I'm, I'm still at it. Thank you so much. It's been fascinating. And if you want to have a listen to Badly Drawn Boy's most recent album, it is out now and it's called Banana Skin Shoes. Meanwhile, I'm going to recommend a classic album this week, and it is The Cult Electric. Now, I love this album probably because some of the songs are a little bit ACDC style in that they begin with a fantastic riff, then the drums come in, then the vocals, and the whole song just takes off. The first track is called Wildflower, and that's probably the most ACDC-ish of them all. And I think this band would appeal to people who like ACDC but find the vocals a little bit too screechy. They're less high-pitched with the cult. Great vocals from Ian Asprey, of course. Third track is one called Little Devil, which was their biggest hit. It's a fantastic rock and roll tune, and I still play this loads on the Absolute Classic Rock Party on a Friday night. Another track you must listen to is Love Removal Machine. It's a bit like Paradise City in that it starts off as a really great song in its own right, and then for the last minute, it just all goes a bit crazy. Track nine is a cover version of Steppenwolf's Born to be Wild, which is okay. I actually prefer Zodiac Mind Warp's version of that song, which is a fantastic cover version, but I'll do that album another day. So have a listen to it, The Cult Electric. That is my recommended classic album this week. And that's almost it from the podcast. Oh, I hear you cry. We haven't heard from Harley and Dexter. And I don't know why we need Dexter on the podcast. What do you think, Dexter? Yeah. You think yes? Yes what? Yeah, I don't need to be on the podcast. Oh, you don't need to be on it? Great, off you go then. No. Have you got anything interesting to say? Well, I'm school council. You're on the school council committee, I know. What good things have you managed to do recently? Uh, I got 34 out of 33. You got 34 out of 33 in, in what, a test? Uh, word test. In a word test? OK, anything else exciting happening? What about in football? I scored a goal and I won a trophy. I know, you scored a goal. That was just the most exciting thing I've ever seen ever happen. And you've turned me into a complete football fanatic now. <laughs> OK, Dexter, well, that is your time on the podcast. Have you got any words of wisdom you'd like to share with the listeners of the podcast? Wisdom. OK, and on that note, we'll see you next time. Bye.
So remember, to catch up with what's going on in the rock and roll pod world, follow me on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Rock and Road Pod. Watch the whole episode with pictures on YouTube. That's on my YouTube channel. Just search Leona Graham YouTube, Badly Drawn Boy. You should find it. I also want to just say a big thanks to a couple of people. You mean me? Oh, hi, Harley. No, I don't mean you, actually. But seeing as you're here, uh, what's going on with you? Um, well, I've got you another load of listeners because I'm the main event in this show. You've got me another load of listeners? Yes. That's what you're saying? Yes. And you think you're the main event? Yes. Have you been out and interviewed Badly Drawn Boy? Uh, yeah, sure, fine. Thank you, I rest my case. All right, well, I've got some philosophies for you. Would you like to hear them? I would. Let me introduce you. Harley's Lockdown Life Philosophies. Dreams are just scenes from alternate universes. Shirts are tops that can open and close. Harley's Lockdown Life Philosophies. Thank you, Harley. You're welcome. So back to my thanks, and thank you to at The Rocking Tech for all the pictures to go with the YouTube video, and thanks to my new editor, at Wilkie Waves. Thank you for listening. Episode 6 coming soon. Keep up to date with all the details on at Rock and Road Pod. (laughs) 